This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 127. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 127. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I have a race report for you and some good convo. So I have spent a lot of the last week talking about the messy middle. It's kind of became the theme of my week. I actually had, uh, I spoke with two different groups about this topic. I spoke with my Momentum Mastermind. It was part of our conversation on last Monday night um, for our weekly Zoom conference call. And then I also am speaking, um, had this conversation with some of my gym members as well. So the messy middle is like what I'm all about right now. And I wanted to tell what kind of inspired the messy middle was some things that happened at the race last weekend. So I wanted to fill you in on all of that. So you might remember that last weekend, a week ago now, I ran, I had a seven and a half mile race that I spent all of five weeks training for. So the good news is I survived. Um, It was not pretty though. It was challenging. And what was funny to me, okay, funny now, not so funny at the time, was the messy middle. And I, this always happens to me. And I thought it was a function of half marathon running. And I'll explain that in a minute. But then I also, I've noticed a thing that happens with a lot of my gym members. And then I started seeing this happening with my Momentum Mastermind, Shameless Mom people, 
Shameless Mom Group. And I was like, this is not a function of a half marathon. This is not a function of um, like anything, any one specific experience. This is a function of when you are in the middle of trying to meet a goal. So that's kind of the inspiration for this episode today. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the race. The race last Sunday, Bloomsday in Spokane. It's a huge, huge race. It's a seven and a half mile race, 42,000 people signed up, and it is like meticulously run. So I've been to I've done a lot of racing. Um, I haven't done a lot of racing recently, but I have done a lot of racing historically. Um, In my 20s and 30s, I did a lot of half marathons. I did a full marathon. I did a lot of triathlons. So like racing and events were totally my jam for quite a while. Crossing a finish line is like a religious experience for me that I... It's funny, I will do a race and be like, oh, I'm so done with that. Like, I'm so ready to retire. But then like you cross the finish line and you're like, yeah, like it's just something about it. It gets you every time. It's like tears and euphoria. And it is like, it's always a transformational experience. And it doesn't matter really how hard it was or how long the race was or what. There's just something about crossing a finish line. And it's it's something like I can't seem to, even though I keep saying I'm done with running, I can't stop doing it. I can't stop like just do it, trying one more time to get in one more finish line. So this week or last weekend, um, was a great experience. It was really fun. It was actually, it was the first time I'm going to get, do a little TMI here. (laughs) It was the first time I really chilled the F out about racing. So I didn't have a ton of anxiety. Normally I have like runner's stomach. Like I am like running to the bathroom five times before I go to the start line. Like, oh my God, am I going to poop my pants? Like I definitely have to pee 35 times. Like it's just kind of a mess in that hour before the race, especially this race was the first time that didn't happen to me. Like we got to the start line. I was like, you guys, I like, don't feel like I'm going to poop my pants. Like this has never happened to me at a start line before. And I think I went into it. I think the beauty of only having five weeks to train was I was super non-competitive with myself. I was like, whatever, like, just doing this doesn't really matter what it looks like. I'm just doing it. I also was so inspired by kind of what turned out to be the cause of our or kind of what we held closest to our hearts in the run. So as I talked about in last week's episode, um, when I originally signed up for this run, one other woman was, I did it with a group of other women. And one woman who was supposed to do it with us was not able to do it because she is fighting cancer. And so she was supposed to still come to the race with us. And then that couldn't happen either because some conflicts with her treatment. She has family in town who are supporting her through treatment. And so she wasn't able to come with us to the race um, either. So we ended up having tattoo, custom tattoos made. So you can see pictures of all this. If you go to Instagram, if you go to the Shameless Mom Academy, um, we had custom tattoos made to honor her. So she definitely, we felt like she was with us. We were texting her before the race. We texted her like throughout the weekend. And it was, um, it was, it was, uh, I know it was really hard for her to not to uh, not be there. And it was also very inspiring to us. And I will tell you, like, every time I wanted to stop running yesterday, I was like, team Tammy, like, we can't stop like Tammy's at home fighting a much bigger fight. I'm not going to stop and give up on this race. So it ended up being a really, it was a great race. It was beautiful weather, um, really, really fun course. So the great thing about this race is it's in small in Spokane, Washington, which is not a super big town. Um, and, it's not a super small town either, but there's 42,000 people in this race and like the whole city comes out. And so there is like little kids in (laughs) little kids in superhero costumes, like out on the course, giving people high fives. There's little kids in superhero costumes, actually running the whole seven and a half miles. There um, are just bands along the way and people cheering. And there's like (laughs) random people, like just like standing on the corner with a box of donuts. If you happen to want a donut at mile five and you're like, what? Like, 
a donut sounds so disgusting when you're five miles into a seven and a half mile race. Multiple points along the way, there was otter pops, which by the end, oh my gosh, I had a mo- an otter pop at mile six. It, oh, it was like the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. Because um, at that point, it was like 60 degrees and really sunny, which for me, like coming from Seattle, 60 degrees at this time of year um, and running in that was like blazing heat. So um there was at that one point, there's a hill in the race called Doomsday Hill. So at the top of Doomsday Hill, you get up to the top of Doomsday Hill and they have like every mascot from every Spokane sports team. There's like the mascot parade. So you go through and like you see all these mascots and they're there cheering for everyone at the top of this big, huge hill. And it was just a really fun course. And I actually, I did this race in college and I have no recollection of any of this <laughs> because when you're like 20, you're like, Oh, whatever. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I probably didn't notice any of this or I was like super selfishly involved in the whole thing. And just like, I just want to go as fast as possible and get it done with and like, see what my time was, which was totally the opposite of yesterday. Like yesterday I was like casual conversation the whole time. And I ended up running with one girlfriend the whole time. We stopped a couple times um, to like, she needed to take a couple like deep breaths. We did that. We stopped to grab a couple water stations to walk through those, catch our breath. I stopped to take pictures a couple times. So we, for the most part, we powered through and we, we ran well, but we also were not like super competitive about it as I have normally been with races in the past. So it was just a really great positive experience. But I will say the first, so the, my friends watch, I had my, um, map my run going so I could track our pace throughout the race, but I wasn't going to check in on it during the race. I was like, I'll just kind of see what it is at the end, just out of curiosity, like what were our mile splits and those kinds of things, like nerdy fitness data that some people care about and some people don't. Um, but I was like, oh, it'll just be interesting to see. So I didn't know throughout the race, like what our, you know, how fast we were going per mile or anything like that. But my friend's watch, every time we would do a mile, her watch would make a certain noise. And so as long as we weren't in a super crowded area of the race, I could hear it. So like when we got to mile one, her like watch makes this, there's a little alarm goes off and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're like, we're already at one. She's like, yeah. Then we get to two and I'm like, holy cow, we're already at two. We get to three and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, but this is amazing. And then we get to four and I'm like, kind of getting tired. And four miles into seven and a half miles is only like a little past halfway. I'm like, oh, this is kind of, I'm kind of, I'm getting kind of hot now. And I might be kind of hungry and <laughs> like all these things kind of start sinking in. So historically, when I've done half marathons, that middle third of the race is really hard for me. And I am constant, like, that's where I really doubt myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like the first few miles, I feel good. I'm real excited. And then like the motivation starts to wane. The inspiration isn't so strong. You kind of forget why you're doing it. And you're like, what am I doing out here? And why am I doing this? And there's still so far to go. Things maybe aren't as like peppy as they were at the beginning. The whole event kind of starts to lose its luster. And I think this happens in a race environment, but I also think it happens when you are in the middle of any sort, trying to reach any sort of goal. And so I'm thinking of my gym members right now. We're four weeks or we're, we're in the middle of a four week um, little black dress project. So people are working on big goals for the course of over the course of four weeks. And when we get like two to three weeks in, people are like, oh, this is kind of hard. Like it's, we've been working on this for a while. There's still a while left to go. Like I haven't had sugar in a while. I'd love a piece of cake. I haven't had alcohol. Like people just, it's easy in that, in that messy middle 
you lose the momentum, you lose the motivation and you're like, Oh God, why am I doing this? Like it would just be, it would be easy to quit. Like this would be a real easy place to just be like, eh, never mind. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. And that's what starts happening to me in the middle of race where I'm like, I don't know. Like, do I really want it that bad? Do I really want to push? Do I really want to see how hard I can go? Do I really want to maximize my effort? Or do I just want to like chill out? Do I maybe want to stop and smell the roses? Do I maybe want to like not try to hit my goal? This happens in the messy middle. This is where like we have a choice to go all in 
or completely back out or maybe compromise on what we want the outcome to be and let it be something maybe not quite as powerful as we initially set out for it to be. So this is what I felt happening yesterday. And I was like, oh, all the inspiration and motivation I felt at the beginning of mile one through four was like inspired, motivated, excited, strong, powerful. I felt eager and peppy spirited. I was like, yes, like this is awesome. It's so fun. And there was a lot of anticipation of success. And I think that's what happens when you start out towards something. There's that eager anticipation towards success. When you get to that messy middle part, when things get a little uncomfortable, you start to feel a little uncertain. Maybe you don't feel so strong anymore. You feel a little less powerful. The motivation has started to wane. There's an uncertainty of success. Things start to get a little ugly. Self-doubt might start creeping in. Fear starts to enter the the game a little bit. There might be negative self-talk. There might be voices of your past, like you know, reminders that you've tried new things in the past and they haven't worked out so well. Or remember that last time you tried something like, remember how that went? Like, why do you think it's going to go better this time? So there's just like these things start to creep in and they meant they mess with your mental space. They can definitely impact your behavior. They can impact how hard you push yourself. This it's, it's for real. And this is where people bail. I see this all the time. I have done a lot of work with people in transformations people bail when they get to the messy middle and they bail super early. They bail when there is like a glimmer of less than perfection where they're like, you know, week one was good. Week two was good, but like week three, it's falling apart a little bit. So I'm out. We bail when things get messy and we think, Oh, I'll just, I'll try again later. I'll wait till my circumstances are more ideal. I'll wait till I can make you know, X, Y, or Z better. And then I'll try again. And this is a grueling mental process because we do this over and over. We start something, we bail. We start something, we bail. We start something, we bail. And every time we start something new, we're like, oh man, like I should have just finished this last time because even if I finished at 50% last time, I'd be further along than I am now. And now I'm starting from scratch again. And that is mentally very grueling. I talk about this with people with weight loss all the time, that when you're constantly starting over, it is mentally damaging because every time you have to start over from where you left off or from, you know, maybe where maybe you've even had some regret every time you start over, you have to be stronger. You have to push through more barriers because the self-doubt has gotten stronger. The fear has gotten bigger. The anxiety has become, you know, and like all the, the questions about like, can I really do it? I've proven to myself multiple times that I cannot do it. So what's to make me think I can actually do it this time. So that's what happens when you get to the messy middle and you bail because you listen to those voices from the past, you decide that this isn't the right time. You let things, you let your mind get carried away and influence your actions. So what happens, what happened yesterday, what has happened to me over and over and over in my life when I've gotten to the messy middle and what I've seen happening to other people when they get to the messy middle is you have to keep going. You just plug away. And you can't think about it. You can't overthink it. You just keep going where you're like, I'm just putting one foot in front of the other. This sucks. I hate it. I'm mad. I'm annoyed. This is not what I signed up for. This is not my best. This is not pretty. This is not fun. This is not inspirational, but I'm just going to go like one step at a time. I'm going to plot away at this and I'm just going to keep going. And I think about this in reference to the race yesterday. I think about this in reference to my friend, Tamara, who is fighting cancer. I think about this in reference to the 
people that I know who in my programs um, with the Shameless Mom Momentum Mastermind and my gym members who are in the middle of programs right now. And I think about these middle, these spots in the middle where you're like, I'm just in this middle place where like, I don't know how things are going to turn out. I don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know how I'm going to get there. There's a lot of doubt. There might be some big, scary hurdles still coming up and that's intimidating, but you just keep going forward and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you can't overthink about overthink it. So what started happening to me yesterday, so between like mile four and five and a half, I was like, this is not fun. This is not pretty. I'm getting stiff. I'm getting tired. There is a big ass hill at mile four that seemed to take quite a while to climb. Um, I felt like, so I had, I've been, I was running with people. I normally don't run with people. I normally run by myself. So when I run with other people and I'm talking, I'm very prone to side aches because I'm not used to talking when I run. So I don't like breathe properly. So I'm like starting to get a really bad side ache during this time. And I'm like, seriously, like what the heck? Um, it was not pretty. And I was like totally losing momentum. But when I got to mile about five and a half, I was like, okay, (laughs) like I can, feel the end is nearing. Like I was feeling finally, like every step was one step closer to the finish. And that felt good to me. I started to feel a renewed desire to hold on and increased optimism, increased motivation. And this is what happens when you get into like that last 25%, you're like, okay, like now I think I can do it. You have to get through that messy middle. Like, so past that, you know, two thirds mark, So you don't even have to get to the 25% necessarily. You get past the two thirds and then you're like, okay, maybe I can do this. Like if I can just keep a little, hold on for a little bit longer, like I think I can make it to the end. And that's where things get good again, where you're like, okay, like I'm, I'm looking forward to success again. Like those initial feelings come flooding back. So you go back to like, yes, I'm inspired. I'm motivated. I'm excited. I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm eager. Like the pep the pep in your step lifts up a little, like it might not be as pretty as the pep in the first mile or the first week or whenever you first started on this new goal, but you're getting peppy again. Even if you're a little bit weary, that spirit comes back and the anticipate, the eager anticipation of success comes back. So you have to push through that messy middle piece. You have to get to that through that uh, first or that second third and into that final third. And then you can be like, okay, now it's like, just a little bit more. And now I know I can keep going. So when you are in that messy middle, when you're putting one foot in front of the other, you have to remember why you're there and you have to really be aware of what success is going to feel like. And I think this is where we lose sight of it. We get stuck thinking about where we're at and we don't think about what it's going to feel like at the end. And when you're stuck with where you're at, when things feel really hard, so there's two pieces of this, because you can, you know, one of the things I always tell myself when I'm running or when I'm stuck in the middle of something is like, you know, I'll say, I'm okay right now. I don't need to stop right now. But then I think, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can go like, you know, X amount more miles or X amount more weeks or X amount, you know, more projects or more steps on this project. So sometimes it helps to really stay in the middle And just be like, just one step in front of the other. Don't think about it. Don't think about the end. Just think about right now. Like you can do this right now. You can do this one little step right now. Just do the one little step. Don't think bigger than that. Don't think beyond that. Like don't let it be more than what it is. But then the other side of that is you also have to think about what is it going to feel like at the end? Because if you start, if you lose sight of like, I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other, you get much closer to bailing. So if you start to, if you push yourself to constantly think about what is it going to feel like at the end, what will that finish line feel like? 
then you can remember and consider how powerful that might be, how overwhelmingly joyful that might be, how strong you're going to feel, all those kinds of things. So I've had this, you know, with a race for sure, like crossing that finish line and just being so glad that I finished. Um, you know, there's certainly been races where I was like, oh my God, I'm I, like, is there a medic that can take me to the finish? Which on many race courses there is. And so I'm like, can I just bow out? Which I've never done, but I've definitely thought about it and definitely thought about like, oh my gosh, like if an, if an ambulance, you know, was parked up at the next straight corner, I would jump in. Um, and I also have thought about this in the middle of different events. I remember the first time I tried to uh, sell a boot camp class and I was like, you know, I was, I did it kind of as a six week program. This is when I was doing all one-on-one personal training. And I was like, what if no one buys it? And I don't know if anyone's going to buy it. And, and so I had to, as I was going through that, I had to finally, I set some rewards up for myself. So I was like, okay, like when you get this, when you sell this out and it's, this is what it's going to feel like. And I had these rewards set up. I was like, and then you get to do these cool things. And I'd like said that I could, would, was going to go shopping and get new workout clothes. And I had this like whole plan around it. Um, but I had this plan. I was like, that is going to feel really cool. And I still remember doing that. I remember I sold out the program. I went and taught that first day of classes to that sold out group. And it was so fun. And I went straight from there to title nine, which was the store with that I had wanted to go to. And I was like, I'm going to buy whatever I want in here. And I remember I went in and I spent $350, which was an obscene amount of money for me to spend at that time. And it's still like, I don't casually drop $350 on clothes anytime, but that was like an obscene amount of money. And I remember being like, I can't believe I just did this. But I was like, this is like the biggest, it was, it was a pivotal point for me professionally to offer something new to groups. And like, it was a big deal. I'd never done anything like this. So that was a big, big thing for me. And so I really let myself have a big reward for that. And I remember the feeling of doing that. I remember like carrying that bag out of the store and what that felt like. I remember wearing those clothes and being like, I earned this. Like I earned this by doing something I did not think I could do. I did this. I earned this by doing something hard. Like I remember what all those things, what all of that felt like. So when you're in the messy middle, you think about like, what is that going to feel like to be on the other side? What is it going to feel like to say I did this? What is it going to feel like to actually have lost 20 pounds or 30 pounds or to actually have gone for the promotion and gotten it or to actually have like, you know, met whatever your goal is to actually have like cleaned out your kids stuff. And we've been talking about all this baby stuff that's taking over our house. And it's a very bittersweet thing for me to talk about getting rid of the baby stuff. But what will that actually feel like? It will always be bittersweet, but there will be, it will also be this it will create space in my life in a very new and special way. And so I'm, I'm like thinking about like, it's a goal at this point. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm not ready to do it yet, but it is a goal at this point. So I think about like, what will it feel like when we, when we have some space because we've kept everything, like, what will that feel like? Because I think that there will be some really powerful things that will happen when we finally take that step. So just imagining as you start working through things, like what is the end going to feel like when you accomplish something, when you create space for something, when you like work through something that is, was really overwhelmingly challenging. That feels really, really amazing and transformative and powerful at the end. When you're in the middle, when you're in the messy middle, understanding that that's where you are in the process to be like, oh, this is the tough place. This is the messy middle. I'm here right now. And this is what I had to remind myself yesterday. And I didn't expect to feel it on this race course because I had never done this race, this distance of a race before. Like I've done five K's, which are really short compared to a lot of my longer stuff. So I'm like, I've done like five K's and I've done like half marathons. I think, I mean, I've done 10 K's in the past, but not in 
probably 15 years. So I just had like no recollection. So this was a 12 K I've never done this distance except for the one time I did this race in college, which I have no recollection of. Um, so this distance was very weird to me and I didn't think I would hit that messy middle point because I didn't, I kind of thought I would blow through it. But when I hit it, I was like, oh, this is the place. Like you hit this when you're in a half marathon, you get to this point where you're like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, I really don't know if I can make it to the end, but then it gets better. It gets better when you get into those last few miles. And so for me, that messy middle and a half marathon is like mile, like eight to 10, where my body actually still feels okay. But my mentality is just like, seriously, we have so far left. When I get to mile 10, my body really starts breaking down. But mentally, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's only three more miles. Like that feels doable to me, even though my body starts to feel a little tired. So it's that mental space. So I knew I recognized it yesterday. I was like, this is the part that's always hard for me. It's this middle third where mentally, I just don't quite see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I had to put, recognize that in, in what was going on and be like, oh yeah, like you've been here before. This is where it kind of sucks. This is where like, you don't really like to be. So just keep going. Just keep like, don't think about it too much. And just like take some deep breaths. And I really did. Like, I really focused on my breaths. I focused on, you can do this in any situation, regardless of whether it's a race or it's like, you know, eating more healthy for the next four weeks, whatever the situation, like focusing on your breaths, slowing down with your breathing and being like, I'm just going to focus on long, slow exhales. Because sometimes when you do that, regardless of the process, so in the process of running, it gives you some recovery. It helps your body restore. But in the process of, you know, other things, it helps you not be super reactive. It helps you not get carried away with your thoughts. So when you're really pushing, pushing, pushing through something and you're just like flying by the seat of your pants and maybe being reactive, sometimes you can quickly just be like, you know what? Never mind. Screw it. I'm not doing it. If you slow down, look for those long exhales and just be like, I'm just going to sit here for a minute. I'm just going to let my mind recover for a minute. I'm just going to take stock. Then you can start to think through like, okay, how can I make this work? How can I wrap my head around this? How can I start to see the end? How can I really see myself succeeding in this? And that becomes way more powerful. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and it, I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 
500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And what happens at that point is that you start to get a sense of where you're at in the game and what this like what the stakes are and what it's worth to you. At this time also, you can consider being as passive as you can while being as proactive as you need to be. So I'm going to say that again because it's kind of a big statement. Be as passive as you can while being as proactive as you need to be. So when you're in the messy middle, be passive in the sense where you're just like, I'm just going one foot in front of the other. I'm not overthinking it. I'm not like making this bigger than it is. I'm not going to go crazy here. Like I'm not going to let this be a big thing. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I'm just going to keep my focus. I'm not going to like let get shiny object syndrome. I'm not going to let myself get derailed. I'm not going to let myself get distracted. So you're just kind of being passive. You're letting things go by you that don't matter. And you're just plodding away. And this was happening yesterday during the race. At this point in the race for me in the messy middle, I kept seeing things where I was like, oh, that thing over there is really cool. And I want to take a picture of it. But like, oh my God, find motor skills to take a picture with something. Like I'm dying right here. I feel like I can barely like inhale. So I'm not going to like mess with my phone to try to take a picture. Interestingly, when I got to five and a half miles, I totally started taking pictures of things as I was running. I was like, Oh my gosh, look at that funny thing over there. Like I'm gonna take a picture. So I was really passive in the messy middle where I was like, that thing over there is awesome. I cannot even imagine fumbling with my phone to get a picture of it. So I was as passive as I could be because I was trying to be very protective of my resources in terms of my energy, my breathing, my, you know, my muscles, all that. So I was being, I needed to be resourceful in that way. So I was like, I'm just being passive. Like I'm not reacting to this stuff. Like I'm visually taking it in, but I'm not doing anything more than that because that was me being proactive by not respe- by not being reactive. So I was not responding to the stimulus. I was just like, that's cool. That's cool. Uh-huh. Whatever. And then as I got more restored later in the race, I was like, oh, I love that thing over there. And like, oh, I want to take a picture. And like, let's get Otter Pops. And so I had to be using pass- the passivity kind of as a means of protection and also being proactive in terms of like, I'm not going to have a lot of conversations right now. 
with the people around me. I was like, you guys, like I'm starting to get a side ache. Like I need, I can't talk as much. I'm not going to take pictures like I wanted to. I'm not going, there was like just a number of things where I was like, I'm being proactive by saying no to some things. Um, I'm being proactive. When we started up the biggest hill called Doomsday Hill, the two women I was running with at that time started kind of speeding up. And I was like, I'm slowing down. Like, I know where I'm at in this race. I know that we have three and a half miles to go. And I know that I need to slow down and like really do some deep breathing up this hill if I'm going to make it the whole way. And so that was me being super proactive. I could have easily tried to keep up with them and I would have definitely suffered in the long run. So I was like, nope, I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to be like conservative and protective of my resources, my legs, my lungs, my spirit. And I'm going to slow down right here. So one of the ladies charged ahead. The other one slowed down with me and we ended up finishing the whole thing together. Um, But we slowed down together and that was me being proactive. I was like, I know I need to slow down here if I want to like actually make it and feel and feel good. And that's really important to me. So I had to, there was instances where I was like, I'm going to be passive in certain instances. I'm also going to be proactive in certain instances as I'm going to be, and I'm going to be protective of my resources. So pass it, be passive, be proactive and be protective. And then in that, you're not overthinking things. You're just like, this is where I'm letting things go by, just letting it roll off me, taking the action I need to take, like knowing where my resources are at. So I'm just kind of doing like gentle little check-ins, but like not flipping out about things. Because if you start flipping out about things or overthinking things, then you get into panic mode where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And like, who do I think I am doing this training for five weeks and doing a seven and a half mile race? And like, and then you start looking at the people around you and doing this whole comparison thing. Like, well, look at them. Like, obviously they're way faster than me and I can't keep up with them. And all these things start creeping in. Same as when you might be doing, you know, going after a professional goal and like, who do I think I am? I mean, I hear people say this all the time. Like, who am I? Who am I to write a book? What do I have to say that's different than someone else? Or who am I to start a podcast? Like people who have podcasts are like ridiculously famous and they have like millions of followers on Instagram and Twitter. I could have let all of that stop me from starting a podcast. So you have to really not overthink things as you're just pushing through like one foot in front of the other. You just keep going, keep it super simple. Don't overthink it. Don't be reactive. You just kind of do your thing. And then you need to understand that the messy middle is where you will make something of your goals or your dreams, or it's where you will lay them down to die. So in that messy middle is where you push through slowly, but surely. So you actually get to the other side, or it's where, like I said earlier, it's where you bail and you're like, you know what? I'm not doing this. And I'm not saying that as a piece of, as a judgmental statement, like sometimes there's a reason to lay your dream down for a minute and be like, you know what? I'm putting this aside. I'm I'm like, I'm burying it. I might be burying it for a real long time or forever. And sometimes there's a reason to do that and that's okay. But also know that sometimes laying that dream down to die is at your own expense. So be really aware of which choice you're making. So remembering that the messy middle is where where you will make something of your goal or your dream or where you will lay that goal or dream down to die. The choice is yours, but you have to understand the power of the decision. So this isn't like to say that, when you lay the the dream down, that's a bad thing, but you just have to understand the power of that decision. And if you repeatedly do that, if you repeatedly lay your dreams down to die, when you hit the messy middle, that will be very impactful over the course of your life. And that will impact your ability to successfully meet goals down the road. Because if you constantly bail when things get hard or when things get sticky, that is, that's like you're practicing failure. 
And I don't think failure is a bad thing. I think we learn from failure, but you're practicing settling. You're practicing saying like, oh, not right now. It's not the right time. I'm not ready for it. I'm not good enough for it. Um, I'm not prepared. Like someone is better than me and I can't really do this. You're practicing all of those pieces of self-talk around that situation. So you have to be really aware of the power behind that. And then the power on the other side of that, if you push through the messy middle and you come out the other side, no matter what it looks like, no matter maybe how ugly it is or how different the, the success might look than what you planned on. So maybe you get through to the other side and like your level of success was just a fraction of what you had anticipated. You still push through something. You still persevered. And there is a ton of power in that. And there is longevity in that because you have practiced seeing something through. So you have to look at the power and like, what does that mean when you see something through? even if it didn't end the way you thought it would. So I'm not saying that it's always the right thing to see something through because sometimes I do think there is reason to lay a dream down and let it die. But I think in many, many cases, seeing something through to the end is extremely valuable and a great lesson, no matter what the outcome is. So yesterday, you know, the outcome, this was certainly not my fastest race, but I'm really, really glad I did it. I had a lot of fun to be able to start a race and not have an upset stomach was like a huge win for me because usually I'm so nervous at the beginning. I'm literally about to poop my pants, like I said. Um, So to be able to like go into something and be like, I'm just going to go have fun. Like, I'm just going to go do this as like a, a fun event with girlfriends. And then to get to the end of that and be like, you know what? This was not a fast race for me, but it was fun. I enjoyed myself. Like, I took pictures along the way. I ate some otter pops. I like cheered with people and like all sorts of great things. So there's a lot of power in that. Even if the ending wasn't, you know, it wasn't a personal best. I didn't set a record. I didn't set a PR. It was not like it was, there was nothing record breaking except for that. I crossed a finish line and that feels really, really good. And I had fun doing it. And that feels really, really good. And I got to honor someone who's fighting, you know, fighting against cancer, which is a like, that's just amazing to me. And so to be inspired like that is really, really powerful. So overall, I'm really glad I pushed through the messy middle. And I learned a lot about the messy middle when I started thinking this through and started really recognizing like, this is how it works when you get to the middle. This is how that messiness is. It's kind of a little bit of a beast. So thank you for listening today. Thank you for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy. If this episode was helpful to you, please share it out. You can go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 127 to get show notes for anything mentioned in this episode or to get a link to share this episode. Additionally, if this is your first time listening, please know that we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So you can go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And when you get in there. You'll be right in our iTunes location where you can hit the subscribe button, hit subscribe. You'll get all of our new episodes as soon as they're released. You can also hit the write a review button and leave a review. Leaving a review is really helpful because when other people come to check out the show on iTunes, they're like, Oh, this is what this is about. And this is what I can expect. And this is what, how other moms love this show and how they relate to it. So it's really, really helpful to me. If you leave a review, I really, really appreciate it. I love the feedback as well. I do read all of my reviews and the feedback is really helpful to me in terms of knowing what you love and how you want me to continue to like gear the shows and what you want me to focus on. But it's also really helpful to other moms who are looking for inspiration, looking for support, and they can read their reviews and be like, Oh, this is what she's talking about. Okay, cool. I'm in. So please do leave a review. Again, you can go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review to subscribe um, and to leave a review. Thank you for spending time with me in the Shameless Mom Academy. Your time is really valuable and I appreciate you taking time to spend it with me today. And I hope that you have a fantastic day. And no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. 
Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.